0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, gotta tell you about Green Roads. And by now, you know that DNVR is a huge supporter of CBD. And as a consumer, you must find the product that works best for you. And Green Roads has hooked us up with some incredible products, and we want to share our experience with you. Green Roads leads the industry. They're the number one privately held CBD company in the US by market share. They have award-winning products. They're pharmacist-founded, pharmacists formulated They have QR codes on all of their Green Roads, packaging, which link to independent lab results, and they have abundant selection of oils, topicals, edibles, beverages, and more. They have over... 30,000 five star reviews. 30,000 five star reviews. And here's the kicker if you use the code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your entire purchase over at Greenroads. They have so many products to choose from. They sent DNVR so many products, and all of them are fantastic. So many different ways to consume this CBD and enjoy it. And Use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase over at Green Roads. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show.
1: Number one for the one and only dnvr And bleed orange and blue to the bitter end Come and join
0: DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. And you can go build your toolbox over at MSU Denver Online. They have over 750 classes, over 40 online and hybrid programs, and they don't care Whether you're in person or online, it's the same degree to them. So make sure to check them out, MSU Denver Online. My boy,
2: Mace, welcome home. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. You know, it was as warm in Denver as it was in Florida this past weekend. Actually, on Saturday, it was warmer in Denver than it was in Florida, although a little bit of humidity probably made it feel just a a touch – warmer down in the Tampa Bay area but still a delightful trip good to see my parents literally Zach the last time I'd seen my parents was a uh, shrine bowl week in January of 2020 wow and I was reminded of how uh, one of the things that for me personally sucked the most about everything being altered because of COVID this past year is that if if it had been a normal year I would have been down in florida for super bowl week i wouldn't need a hotel i would have stayed at their place done all the media stuff covered all the hall of fame stuff probably would have stayed for the game and i lost that week. uh, i lost that week to hang out at home and see my folks i lost a a week in january around the shrine bowl that i would have spent down uh, with my family and uh, you know when your parents are in their mid to late 70s like mine are you you're trying to find every excuse to get down and see your folks whenever you can. So it it was a bummer that uh, weren't able to do that, but they're vaccinated. We even went to the zoo in Tampa on Saturday, which uh, was a blast for Charlotte. Uh, got to get up close with some elephants and uh, some tortoises actually fed some big tortoises that have been alive for 150 or so years. So it was a, it was a great, it was a great time. It's good to be back in Denver, but it was great to be in Florida and, uh, you know, as long as the Jacksonville game doesn't get moved to London, I'll get to see my folks again during the season as well. So all is well.
0: Well, I love it. That's so awesome to hear, Mason. Awesome that she, that Charlotte got to see her grandparents as well. So happy to have you back. And, man, I mean, you come back on quite a news-filled day <laughs> It seems like everything happened except the Broncos making a trade for quarterback. But I mean, Holy cow. Did the Broncos situation get a little shaken up yesterday when Sam Darnold goes on the move from New York to Carolina Mace, what was your first reaction from a Broncos perspective when you heard Sam Darnold was going to Carolina for what a second, fourth and sixth round pick?
2: Yeah. My first reaction was that, uh, I'm not sure the Broncos are pivoting, uh, but this was a possibility that that got crossed off. Second reaction was maybe the Broncos didn't want to meet the Jets price tag, which is, you know, three picks, only one of which is a second round pick. And because we're talking about, about it being a 2022 second round pick, the projected picks usually have a little less value than the ones this year. Although, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, the 2022 draft should be stacked because you do have guys that are coming back for, uh, for an extra year, you're going to have more information than you have on guys in this year's draft class. Cause you're going to have a normal college football season. So that, that second round pick has some value when they made the trade. My first thought was, okay, did they pick up the fifth year option when mm-hmm. they're giving up that much? Because, If they pick up the fifth-year option, that reveals that Sam Darnold could be at least a medium-term plan. And then that comes into the big impact for the Broncos in that while the Jets, you see some reports saying, or or the Panthers, pardon me, you see some reports saying, okay, they're not out of taking a quarterback at eight. The fact that they picked up that fifth-year option, and that's going to be $18 million, For Sam Darnold to stay with the Panthers in 2022 and you can't walk that back it's not like it was in the old CBA you you give them that option that's it there there's there's no way to pull it back so they're on the hook this probably does take the Panthers out of the mix to trade up or pick a quarterback there at number eight so it opens them to maybe trading down perhaps but it does remove a team from the quarterback equation there in the top 10.
0: Yeah, and that's huge for the Broncos. And May, so many things hit me when I first saw this news. First and foremost, okay, Sam Darnold's not going to be a Bronco. I thought that mm-hmm. very, very much could have been a legitimate possibility. And I know the Broncos were interested, at least at a point, in Sam Darnold. So, boom, he's off the board. The next thing that crosses my mind is exactly what you're saying. Okay, does this completely take Carolina out of the quarterback market? For the most part, I'm not going to say 100%, but Mace, especially for the reasons you mentioned about the fifth-year option, it pretty much does. But let's say they love a guy in the draft uh, and he falls to them. They could still take him, but pretty much Sam Darnold is their guy. And then the other thing that it brought up to me, Mace, was... Is a trade for Teddy Bridgewater inevitable? And then, mm. as the hours kept going all the way to this morning, Mace, we just keep finding out more information that leads me to believe. Oh boy, is is it is it only a matter of time until Teddy Bridgewater is a Denver Bronco? Because after the the trade for Sam Darnold, we find out that. Uh, that Carolina is open to having Teddy Bridgewater back, but he'd have to really change his contract. And I don't think Teddy Bridgewater wants to be there. Sam Darnold's their guy. We find out more that uh, the Panthers are allowing Teddy Bridgewater to search for a trade if he wants and find the best place for him, which clearly is not Carolina. And and I get why Carolina's doing this. They, they're, they're being nice to, to Teddy, uh, but it's clear that his home is not going to be in Carolina anymore. And then we also find out, and kind of the cherry on top to all of this is that Teddy Bridge, the Broncos tried to trade for Teddy Bridgewater just two months ago.
2: Yep. And maybe all roads are leaning to Teddy Bridgewater right now for the Broncos, <laughs> but you, but the thing is you don't want all roads to lead to Teddy Bridgewater at the cap figure that he would carry. Of course he's got a, uh, He's he's got ten million dollars left of the signing bonus, and that would and that would presumably still be on the hook for Carolina. But you take that out, and Teddy Bridgewater's cap number for a team that trades for him this year would be eighteen million dollars. That's seventeen million in base salary, seven hundred fifty thousand in roster bonus, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a workout bonus, eighteen million. And if you're going to start Teddy Bridgewater. That's fine. I mean, he, you, you look at where that contract uh, uh, ranks among quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks in the league. It's it's more than you'd like to pay, perhaps. But it's at, at 18, you know, at, at, at 18 million dollars. And actually right now it uh, it would be 21 because the Panthers still have it. But at 18 million dollars for this year, that that would place him. And I've, I've just got to queue up the number right here boom, 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 boom. Uh, that, that would place him behind 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It would place him 13th in the league. And is that more than you'd like to pay? Yeah, it is. But it is also, I would say, reflective of an average quarterback. And Teddy Bridgewater in the end sum is an average quarterback. He's an average starter. His, his QBR among 33 eligible quarterbacks last year, 17. So we're literally right there at the midpoint. His passer rating last year was, I bl- was uh, 92.1. And that's about a point and a half below uh, the league average for quarterbacks. I and mean, he is a very average starting quarterback. And, Before, And I know people are like, "Uh, yeah, meh, whatever. (laughs) Have you seen the quarterback play for the Broncos the last five years? It's aspired to average. (laughs) It It hasn't been average. Bridgewater, if he plays at the level that he played at last year, would it be sexy? No. Would it get you to a Super Bowl? Unless the defense was tops in the league? Probably not. But if the D is top five, Teddy Bridgewater playing as he did last year, plugged onto this Bronco team, probably means you win nine to 11 games and are more than likely in the playoffs. Yeah,
0: and Mace, I'm so conflicted with this because
2: (laughs) what what, what have I said all offseason?
0: Average quarterback play will get the Broncos to the playoffs or will at least get them to nine and eight, which will have them in the playoff conversation with seven playoff teams. But we know what Teddy Bridgewater is. And like you said, he's an average quarterback that gets the Broncos to a winning season this year, but we know who he is. We know what the ceiling is. We know that he's, you know, this average guy who, who's not going to light it up. He's also not going to turn the ball over. He's going to be milk toast out there for you playing. Uh, And it's just not the sexy move. But then I think, So in that respect, I think, no, don't make this trade. Then I think, wait, 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 the Broncos haven't been to the playoffs till 2015. If this guy's going to give you a legitimate chance to make the playoffs, why would you push back against that? But then I think, wait, 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 what are we doing here? Uh, George Payton has a six-year contract. He, he doesn't need to get the Broncos to the playoffs this year. It's not like he needs to do that. Should, does he want to? I'm sure he does. He doesn't want a losing season. But George Payton has six years to build this thing out. So for me why would you get a slight upgrade that doesn't really have much upside? I, I shouldn't say slight upgrade, a big upgrade going from one of the worst quarterback uh, groups in the league last year to an average one, but you know, that that's kind of where he tops out. Wh- why would you do that? When you, when you are so close to getting a good quarterback at nine, you're closer than you're really going to be with Teddy Bridgewater because Mace at nine and eight or 10 and seven, Teddy Bridgewater, you're picking at 18, 22 somewhere around there next mm-hmm. year. And then how are you going to get your franchise guy? So for me, trading for Teddy Bridgewater, I don't like it. And it's just crazy, crazy to say, because I think he could get him to the playoffs.
2: Yeah. If you're picking 19 or 20, you're hoping Sam Howell has a shaky year for Carolina, which calls into question my belief in him as a potential franchise quarterback. And you're hoping <laughs> that he falls. Now, it's funny that we talked about this in light of Bridgewater and George Payne. George Payton, of course, was on the Viking staff when they picked Teddy Bridgewater. They literally traded back into round one to get Teddy Bridgewater back in 2014. So they got him at the end of the first round. And with Bridgewater, he's average now. We get that. There is an element of what if on Teddy Bridgewater, though. Yeah. And the what if moment, of course, is when he suffered that catastrophic leg injury in practice back in 2016 right before the start of the season you remember in 2015 Bridgewater he wasn't spectacular but he looked promising the Vikings win the NFC North on that frigid I believe it was minus nine degrees that 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 afternoon in Minneapolis that frigid day the Seahawks are leading the Vikings, but Bridgewater drives the, the Vikings downfield on that you know, through the chill against that great Legion of Boom defense. Gets him in position for the game-winning field goal, and then the Laces aren't out, and Blair Walsh misses. So you look back and say the, that was the last moment before Teddy in regular, in, in regular season or postseason play before Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. The signs were there that he could become something. And if you're George Payton and you kind of start thinking back in backing your mind and saying, boy, in 2016, we thought we had something going here, and then we had to scramble at quarterback. We traded for Sam, for Sam Bradford, et cetera, and everything kind of went from there. But Payton, in his mind, is, is thinking Bridgewater is the guy that had Seattle beat in the playoffs, had the Vikings ready to go on to the next round, he did his job against not the best defense that year. That, of course, was the Broncos, but one that was in the elite class. Delivered when it delivered in the clutch, delivered when it counted. I remember Bridgewater uh, when, the, when the Vikings came in to Denver that season, doing some good things in that game, although it ended with a T.J. Ward strip sack fumble that clinched it late for the Broncos. So I'm trying to see this through George Payton's eyes because I, you obviously you want to understand what he's thinking. George Payton saw that Bridgewater looked like he was on his way to becoming at least a second tier level quarterback, and then the injury derailed him. And it and it was basically it, it was it was it was basically three years before Bridgewater got back on the field and played substantially, and four years out before he was a full-time starter again. Does Peyton look at Bracewater and say, all right, he's now, he's now five years removed from that injury that there's a chance that now he's, he's recovered enough to where he finally looks like that guy. I expected him to be when I drafted him, that guy that I saw the glimpses of back in 2015 when the Vikings won the division. I can see where Peyton is coming from if he views it that way.
0: Sure, and Mace, here's what he would be looking at. He would be looking at the past two seasons when, of course, he Mm -hmm. filled in for uh, Drew Brees in New Orleans two years ago and then was the Carolina Panthers' starting quarterback last year. He started 20 games in that stretch. In that time, he threw for 68.8% completion. That's darn good. He threw for 5,000 yards. That's a per 16-game average of 3,400 yards. That's nothing special, of course. He threw for 24 touchdowns and 13 interceptions both of those on a 16 game average are 16 touchdowns nine interceptions over the course of one season a quarterback rating of 94.1 so what are you getting there you you're you're getting you're certainly getting the pilot, not the plane there. Uh, mm-hmm. And and you're you're hoping that a good defense can carry you. Teddy Bridgewater would be an upgrade over what the Broncos have at Drew Locke, or with, with Drew Locke, at least what Drew did last year. That's why I think that, especially with Vic Fangio fighting for his job, Mace, I don't think it's even close. I think Teddy Bridgewater uh, wins a quarterback competition this offseason
2: very, very mm-hmm. easily. Yeah, and Fangio, of course, game planned against Bridgewater back in 2015. Um, when he was on the job as the defensive coordinator of the Chicago bears coming in, coming in there that year. So he would have insight as well into Bridgewater. The, the, another interesting thing with kind of, with kind of Peyton's perspective on, on Bridgewater is of course, you remember that uh, they, he, he hadn't recovered enough to where they didn't want to go. They didn't want to bring somebody in. So they brought in Kirk cousins in 2018 and, uh, and moved on from Bridgewater, but Does he say, okay, he's in a different spot now than he was then? And then you talk about the, you know, the fact that he led New Orleans, he led Carolina. He, he is a low mistake quarterback. Zach in the last four seasons, I keep coming back to that four season, that four season comp on quarterbacks where I go through 62 quarterbacks that have all have at least 250 combined pass attempts, rushing attempts time sacked. Okay. So 250 plays. And Teddy Bridgewater, in terms of his giveaway rate, interceptions or fumbles, ranks ninth among NFL quarterbacks uh, in that span. He has an interception or fumble once every 38.8 plays. Drew Locke, for example, has an interception or fumble once every 23.6 plays. Gardner Minshew, who is younger, he had a fumble problem in 2019, so while he's above average he still is not as good as teddy bridgewater in that specific metric so you think of it and say all right does he do this thing well now here's the argument against teddy bridgewater he's been average the last couple of years he's done fine who are the guys calling the plays for him the last two years though sean payton in new orleans and a sean payton disciple joe brady in carolina I think we can agree that with all respect to Pat Shermer, he's not Sean Payton. He's not Joe Brady.
0: Right. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. So Mace, what, what's your, what's your take on Teddy? Should the Broncos get him? Would it be a good move? Should they stay away? Because even though, I mean, there's, there's arguments for both sides, but for me, It's just not a big enough step. And and so Mm -hmm. it it would be an underwhelming move if they went out and did that, if that's their only move. And we'll get to that in just a second, but I want to know your take on Teddy.
2: If I have Gardner Mingshu, the second and Teddy Bridgewater in front of me as my possibilities, I'm bringing in Mingshu. Okay. Of the veteran quarterbacks on the market, Mingshu is still the first choice. Now I would put Bridgewater Ahead of Nick Foles, even though he's far more expensive, Mm -hmm. I would put Bridgewater ahead of Alex Smith.
0: Yeah. And and, and Mace, I I agree with you. Um, And even at this point, Minshew, it just... How much are, are you really improving, especially being there at night? And you are improving, but I agree with you. Minchu is my number one. Uh, man, I don't really want Teddy if he's the only move. And may some news coming out right now from Adam Schefter, who says, with teams locked into the first three overall picks, the Atlanta Falcons have received trade calls from multiple teams and are, quote, open to moving out of the number four spot. Per source, this of course just comes hours after uh, some news comes out that the Falcons could be very interested in Trey Lance. That Terry Fontenot wants Trey Lance, but now according to Adam Schefter, they're looking to to or they could move for the right price. And this just brings up the question: All right, so where does this put the Broncos? Does this take the Carolina Panthers totally out of the race by by picking Sam Darnold? Who else are the Broncos competing with here? And this mace is something that heck the Broncos want to go get Teddy Bridgewater, but then they also make this move. I am all for it. And <laughs> that, that could really point to a Trey Lance or something like that. But for me,
2: this is the move that I want. And I would agree. And if you are the Broncos, you've, you know, you're George Peyton and you've seen Trey and You've seen Justin Fields in person, Mike Sch- Shula has seen them both. And we talk a lot about Pat Shermer, but I think the voice in the room uh, that is going to get traction is Mike Shula, the quarterback coach. Mm. And if Mike Shula feels strongly about Lance and or Fields, but preferably both, because then you say, okay, you're guaranteeing yourself one or the other if you get to four, then I think you make this move. And with And, and here's the thing. I'm going to sound like RK there Um, (laughs) with any one of these quarterbacks, you're doing a projection, right? It's not what they are today. It's what they are a year from now, two years from now. And the question that they have to ask themselves right now, and it involves Drew Locke. It involves Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe it even involves Gardner Minshew, but let's focus on the guys that they really know best. Of course, Pat Shermer uh, knows Teddy Bridgewater. He was in Minnesota, even though Bridgewater didn't really play that much for Minnesota. He knows Teddy from his time there, so Shermer has a good idea on Teddy. George Payton obviously knows Teddy really well. Mike Shuma, he's looked at the at these young quarterbacks for firsthand in, in the last few weeks, and certainly because he coached he coached Cam Newton up. He knows how to develop a quarterback who isn't a traditional drop back quarterback, who is more of a modern 2020s quarterback than 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 the Broncos have have had in the past. So with all these guys, you need to kind of you need to put on the binoculars and see if you can gaze on the horizon a little bit. What do these guys look like in one year or two years? And also, you factor in the contract situation as well, because Trey and Justin Fields, two years out, are only halfway into their rookie deals and only 40% of their way into cost control because of that fifth-year option. Locke would be at contract time. Gardner Minshew would be at contract time. Teddy Bridgewater has two years left on his deal. He'd be up for a new deal. And so you take all of that, and then you say, okay, what is the best fit, not just in terms of quality, but in terms of how, uh, in terms of how they fit in the overall team-building process. And you look at what you've already assembled on this team. The Broncos do have some needs, yes, but it's not a roster with a bunch of holes at this moment. In other words, you can, you can afford to sacrifice a first-round pick next year to move up to number four you can maybe even more draft capital than that maybe it's a two this year and a one next year to to move up to number four as i sit here just taking a cursory look at all these things i think the move i think the move is to go up Mm -hmm. and i'm happy with either fields or lance whoever falls and and i believe it is most likely going to be justin fields at number four I think Trey Lance is going to go three to is going to go three to San Francisco. I think Kyle Shanahan views Trey Lance as the on-field extension of his his brain. Trey Lance is a smart quarterback. Justin Fields is a smart quarterback too. And yeah. it's funny, like how both of these guys, we talk about how uh, about their attributes. One of the top attributes for both of them is what they bring intellectually. What they bring in terms of a, of of quick uh, of quick absorption of information and ability to incorporate into their game, so they they have some similar strengths, but it would it would make a lot of sense here. And look, whether it's a rookie quarterback or or a veteran, we expect the Broncos to be better this year, right? Yeah, yeah, substantially better, wouldn't we say? Yeah, at
0: absolutely going to be healthier. It's going to be a yeah. lot of things going for them. That's for sure. Uh, and Mace. I think they could go 9-8 and eight and 10-7 and seven with Justin Fields. Yeah. I think so, too. And Mace, I think that's the name to really keep an eye on, not only because he could be the name that falls to them at four if they do trade up, but because I think that's a name that the Broncos really, really like. And so Mm -hmm. if they do get intel from the 49ers that the 49ers like Trey Lance, that means that their guy will fall to four. You make this move and yes, it's going to cost you an additional first round pick, maybe even a first and a second round pick, but here's what the Broncos have at their advantage. A huge thing that they have at their advantage Mace. They're sitting at nine right now. The Atlanta Falcons from our reports love Kyle Pitts. What want another playmaker to add on that offense, which is crazy considering they have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. They could fall to nine and still get one of the elite playmakers, whether it's Kyle Pitts, whether it's one of the three top wide receivers, they could still land that at nine, pick up an additional first round pick, an additional second round pick. However, the other teams that could be interested in trading up to to four with the Falcons, we're talking about the, the New England Patriots who are at 15 one of those dynamic receivers is not going to be there at 15 or 20 with the Chicago bears or the Washington football team. Who's 19. Those guys, they're not going to get an elite playmaker. No, they will get multiple first round picks where the Broncos probably only have to give up one first round pick. But if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I get to stay in the top 10 and get a first-round pick plus another day-two pick, I'm doing that deal in a heartbeat. So who else could compete with the Broncos with that sort of deal where the Falcons get a top-10 pick back in return? You don't think that the Cincinnati Bengals are doing that. You don't think that the Miami Dolphins are doing that. They just traded out of the third spot. So the seventh overall pick is the Detroit Lions, and there are some rumblings out there that the Lions could be interested in a quarterback if they fall to them at seven. So that doesn't tell me that they're going to be desperate in trade up. And they are stuck with Jared Goff for a couple of years. So I don't think that they're a team that's going to trade up for a quarterback. And then the Carolina Panthers, I think for the most part, took themselves out of the quarterback market. I think they really took themselves out of the trade up for a quarterback market. So boom, Broncos are the first team that Mm -hmm. the Broncos are the team that will have the best pick to offer, which is a huge advantage in this. And again, it doesn't mean that they're not going to have to give up a lot Mace, but are you doing this deal? If it's a first round pick this year, a first round pick next year, and let's say a second round pick this year, are you making that deal?
2: I'm making that deal. I am. I should have,
0: I should have thrown in more pieces.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm making the deal. I'm moving up. Um, it's funny when we were when we were talking about trades, about whether it was moving up or Deshaun Watson before all this happened, and really the Deshaun Watson allegations did change the landscape on all this discussion, change the landscape for Carolina, quite frankly, uh, in regards to Sam Darnold. So, with these other trade possibilities, when we were discussing about the Jets or maybe moving up to uh, to, to three with the Dolphins. Other teams that were in the mix could have put together better offers. They had more, they had more capital. They, you know, they had a higher pick, but now it is settled to where of the quarterback needy teams, the Broncos have the ability to put together the best offer. And that's how the game has changed a little bit. And I think this is the moment to strike if you're George Payton, even though you've got six years, you can, you can slow play it. I get it, but do you expect to be picking the top 10 next year? No, look, look again, look at the defense that you have put together. It's a, it, it, it is a strong group. As long as you don't have a catastrophic run of injuries like you had last year, you're in better shape. And by the way, you're in better shape depth wise as well, because you know, for example, look at cornerback. Your four and your five are guys who had to play extensively last year and made good acquittals of themselves for rookies in Michael OJ Mudia and Sang Bassi. Those are your depth pieces now. They're not guys you have to lean on. If they have to step in, and they probably will because, you know, Bryce Callahan's probably going to get hurt at some point. That's great, but you're not. But you're not probably going to be in a position where those guys have to carry the load. You have a, a truly great safety tandem, a pair of book and edge rush. Most teams would die to have the wild card. And the, the wild card in this is Draymond Jones, who I think is going to explode this year on the defensive line with all these pieces in place on the defensive side. And yes, you'd like to be a little bit better in covers linebacker. I get that. We can, we'll have the off ball linebacker conversation before the draft. I'm sure. But um yeah, this is the time, Zach. Uh, this, this, you know, so, it sound like a Billy Joel song lyric. This is mm-hmm. the time to remember because it will not last forever. This is the time to make the deal, yeah. and, and and guess what? Then you've th- then you've got your young quarterback, and and if you want to have him battle out with Drew Locke, great, do it. Have yeah. a competition, and if Drew Locke pulls a Drew Brees. In like he did in San Diego back in 04 and explodes, and you have two good young quarterbacks, marvelous. You trade the surplus. Maybe you ride with Drew Locke after a couple of years. Now, that being said, Zach, I think if they did draft a quarterback, probably a subsequent move would be to trade Drew Locke. But I would actually I would argue for having both young guys in there.
0: Yeah. And and there you go. It, I mean, having multiple quarterbacks is not a bad thing. But Mace, one thing we've learned, and this ties in with Teddy Bridgewater, one thing we've learned since Peyton Manning left is you pretty much have to invest big. In the quarterback position, if you wanted to succeed. Yes, did the Broncos pay Case Keenum $18 million per year? They certainly did. That was not a big big investment. To me, you and me, $18 million, huge in the quarterback market. That I think it was in the bottom 10 of what they are paying him. They gave up a fourth round pick for Joe Flacco. That is not an investment at all. They gave they they drafted Drew lock with a second round pick. That is not an investment when we're talking about the quarterback position to hit on the quarterback. Quarterback position, sure, you can do it by getting Drew Brees in the second round, Tom Brady with pick 199. It, it can happen, but you're more likely to succeed when you have that huge investment in them, except, you know, if you're Tom Brady and you're taking pay cuts for your team, but the trade up go get him. make the bold move because for so many reasons, this is the right move to do for right now. And it's the right move to do for the future. So George, I know you're sitting back right now and kind mm-hmm. of taking things in this year before making huge moves. Don't let this one pass you by though, because I, I like what you're doing of seeing how everything works before making big moves this year. But if the right opportunity is there, don't let it pass mm-hmm. you by just because of that.
2: Yeah. And, um, you know there's nothing where i can say it's like definitive but the uh, the rumblings are that mike shula really liked what he saw from justin fields
0: mm-hmm.
2: and if that is the case and mike says hey i can do some i can do some great things with him i think you listen to mike shula on this one and again it, he's got the track record he's you know got he's you know, obviously well-versed with quarterbacks. He, in the last decade, developed Cam Newton into an MVP. And Cam Newton, yeah, he was the number one overall pick, had a lot of talent, but was considered a decidedly non-traditional quarterback, you know, someone who ran to contact. And there were reasons why Cam Newton eventually slowed down. The Running the contact was a big thing. But Mike Shula maximized Cam Newton. And, in, and by doing so, he transformed... What we think of is in terms of attributes of the quarterback position. Cam Newton, is he going to be a Hall of Famer unless he has a a renaissance here? Probably not. Is he somebody that is transformative in terms of what we think of as a quarterback and in terms of how we define uh, the skills that we expect from the position going forward? In a lot of ways, Cam Newton is transformative, and Mike Shula had a lot to do with that, and ma- making him into, into somebody who could, who was for a time, a, an elite quarterback, the guy, a special player, before injuries caught up with him. So, if if Shula looks at Justin Fields and believes that he could replicate that, then you have to do it, right? You You have have to to. do it. You have to do it. And Mace,
0: I I know for whatever reason, the San Francisco 49ers are throwing smoke screens left and right about who they're going to draft. It doesn't matter. They don't have to do that. They're they're not in the smoke screen game anymore. We know who's going one and two and let's say Zach Wilson doesn't go two because they like Trey Lance or whatever. Well, I, I think the 49ers would be thrilled getting Zach Wilson too. So I don't know why they're playing these games, but it appears they're going to play these games of not letting anyone know who they're picking until they're, on the clock. But if anyone is going to find out in terms of any NFL team is going to find out it should be the Denver Broncos because the the Broncos have no threat of trading ahead of them to get their guy. And the Broncos have very good relationship with the 49ers. John Elway is still in the building. Don't forget. I should say still in the organization. Don't forget. He may be in Idaho or something. Uh, but John Lynch as well, good buddy of his, Adam mm-hmm. Peters is also there. So if they're gonna give any inkling, let's say the Broncos say Justin Fields is our guy, which mace I have heard some rumblings about yes. as well. Let's say they say that, and uh, they they could find out that the 49ers are going Trey Lance, then you make the move no questions about it and mace would it be great to be able to wait till the falcons are on the clock at four and make sure your guys on the board yes it would be great for that but that's not how the nfl is going nowadays the 49ers set this set the stage two weeks ago by saying you got to trade now so don't wait Mm -hmm. george make the move
2: do it if the opportunity is there in front of you do it I mean, yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of prepared to be disappointed, Zach. Yeah. But- <laughs> yeah.
0: When a Teddy Bridgewater trade comes down the line. Or
2: no, I, I'm still mentally prepared for Nick Foles. No. Oh
0: and and boy. if Nick
2: Foles is the guy they bring in, I, I Broncos country is going to be like, really?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's good. This it, is the guy. It's really going to hurt George Payton's oh. uh, uh, love with the fans right now after doing such a good job. Yeah, that, that'll that be tough.
2: But if you bring in Justin Fields, at least for now, he's going to be the toast of the town. Now, then oh, the yes. question becomes, does Justin Fields succeed as a quarterback? Well, and I'll, I'll just before we move on to the comments. I'll just say this. I don't know if you guys discussed this yesterday, but uh, the stuff that uh, Dan Orlovsky put out there last week, that's complete BS, is what I've gathered. Could not be further from the truth. And I think Orlovsky, I think somebody played him Mm. to try to get Justin Fields to fall.
0: Mm, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely see that. And I don't think Justin Fields is going to be falling far Mace Mm-mm. because, uh, we're about to have quarterbacks go 1 through 4. We know that this this is only beginning to uh, to rumble now and it is going to be so much fun. Yes. And I I just can't 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 imagine what the odds are on DraftKings Sportsbook right now and what the odds are going to be leading up to the draft because there's so much going on right now and so much is going on at DraftKings Sportsbook man. Last night was so much fun on DraftKings Sportsbook with Gonzaga going up against Baylor. Congratulations to Baylor on absolutely dominating but I mean the live odds on DraftKings Sportsbook were so much fun to follow and get in on and there's something else going on at DraftKings Sportsbook in this country this week Mace the Masters on Are back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has everything you need going on at Augusta this week. And they're giving you 100 to 1 odds on any golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turn $1 into $100 by just picking any golfer from this weekend's tournament. And if they finish in the top 10, boom. You get $100 right there. So that's 100 to 1 odds right there. I love it. And also, they, of course, have basketball odds. They have hockey odds. They have baseball odds. Everything that's going on. They have great odds boosts every single day. So make sure to head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choice finishes in the top 10 in this weekend's tournament. That's go DNVR to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only, only at DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700
2: before i move on i guess you talked about the masters i just have to play the music Ah, oh, beautiful i keep this on my phone I think I'm going to go make myself a pimento cheese sandwich for lunch today, by the way. Of course, you can get some of those famous pimento cheese sandwiches at Augusta. I believe they're still $1.50 at the concession stand Holy at Augusta cow. National. You got to load up on those. Well, the, the Augusta National concessions are the, the biggest value in sports in terms of food. However, they make up for that because if you're going to the master's, You obviously are. You inevitably are buying a lot of stuff from the merchandise tent, which is they don't sell the stuff online. You have to get there in person, and usually, and usually, people who go to the merchandise tent drop several hundred bucks on swag. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're get they're they're they may not be getting you on on concessions, but they're going to get you another way over at uh, Augusta. But it's certainly worth it. it. Every year I apply for tickets, Zach. Every year I've been turned down. But uh, (laughs) I I am optimistic for for 2022, as always. I'm also optimistic about our friends at uh, Gabby Insurance. We're all looking for ways to save money, right? Especially now. So how would you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? That's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. And like I said, if you somehow get into the master's, that $961 will go a long way toward you getting some swag there at the master's tent if you make it there. So you make sure you check out you check out Gabby. Getting a better insurance with Gabby. And by the way, Gabby stands for Get a Better Insurance. Literally stands for that. That means getting a better price for the same insurance coverage. Gabby is the one true comparison platform with real rates. They give you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers all in one place. Here's what you do. You use your current insurance information to get started. In just minutes, you can see a quote for the exact same coverage you have right now. And guess what? It's free to use. It took, like I said, took minutes to do. And Gabby customers, like I said, save $961 per year on average. And guess what? They will not sell your info. So no annoying spam no robocalls. What do you have to lose? You might find out that you've got the best insurance for you right now. And then you know that you're paying the lowest possible price. You can sleep well at night, but you also might find that you can have a better plan. So check out Gabby and you might get a better insurance. G-A-B-I. Get a better insurance. Go to gabby.com slash DNVR. That's gabby.com slash DNVR. Don't forget the slash DNVR when you go over there so they know that your friends at DNVR sent you.
0: And make sure to check out us over at ddnvr.com. We really want you to join our family because not only do you get everything that's on our website over at ddnvr.com, but you get access to a members-only Discord, which you can talk with us through. You can also talk with other diehard fans. You get a free shirt With an annual membership, you get the DNVR Locker Weekly Member Deal of the Week, and you get a big beer for the price of a small beer over at the DNVR Bar. There are so many reasons to become a member because you also support us, which we truly, truly appreciate. And for the next couple hundred members who sign up, you'll get a Recovery Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness, which packs 10 milligrams of CBD, and this one is focused on recovery. And you can check them out over at holisticwellness.com. And better yet, they're offering 30% using uh, on your first purchase using the magical code DNVR30. So make sure to check them out at holisticwellness.com. That's H O L I S T I K wellness.com to get uh, yourself more holistic sticks. But if you just want one to start off, well, become a member and you'll get one right now. And another benefit of being a member with us is you get your comments read on this podcast. And speaking of those comments, let's hop into them and really Really quick, I want to tell you how you can leave those comments after you become a member. Go to thednvr.com. At the top of the screen, there's a podcast tab. Click on that. Scroll to the Broncos one. Click on Broncos. All of our podcasts will pop up. Click on the top one. That's our most recent one. Scroll to the bottom of that page, and a comment section will magically appear if you're signed in and a member with us. Boom. Leave your comment. We'll read it on the next day's pod. And so, Mace, let's do that right now. First one coming in from Aaron Ray. He says, what's going on, my Gs? Just wanted to know how I get involved in the DNVR Madden season. And is it PS4 or 5? Hope all is well. Stay blessed. Well, Aaron, I'm in the Xbox League, so I can't help you with the PS4 or 5 question. Maybe someone who's in that can, uh, can comment on this and get you connected or leave it in a comment tomorrow and we'll get you hooked up. Thanks for reaching out, Aaron. Next one coming in. That's for you, Mace. Yep, It's from
2: the count who says without looking, can you gents name which sixth round Broncos draftee finished his career with 41 total touchdowns in a Broncos uniform? Love the count. I know this off the top of my head, Zach, you have a guess.
0: Um, give, let me think. Um, if you know it off the top of your head,
2: hit us with it. The Marine, Mike Anderson, sixth ah. round pick in 2000. Brilliant rookie season. End up playing six years for the Broncos. Uh, went uh, over the 1,000-yard mark uh, once again in 2005 when the Broncos went all the way to the AFC Championship game. 41 total touchdowns in six years as a Bronco.
0: Yeah, so la- last night I read this, and I did not cheat I took a guess that it was Terrell Davis and uh, looked it up and was wrong. So I, I did not get Mike Anderson, but uh, Terrell, I believe had like 70, 70 something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought, okay, it's not Terrell, not because he had, he, he had too, he had, uh, he had too many. So yeah. Mike Anderson, that's the play, but that's uh, a little trick yeah, question he's in there. He's-
0: Cause you know, you, you think Terrell Davis being the sixth round pick.
2: But at the same time, you know, you were around the Broncos at that point. That was their thing. It was it was mining uh, gold from the later rounds at running back. It was Terrell Davis and Landis Gary and Mike Anderson. And then uh, it kind of stopped in the draft. They got Clinton Portis with a higher pick in the second round. But uh, then Portis moves on and they had Ruben Drones, who they picked up. Uh, he'd been drafted by somebody else. I forget who off the top of my head, and he becomes a thousand yarder. And so the the Broncos just kept plugging guys in and getting big seasons.
0: Yep. That was the Broncos way after TD. That's for sure. Next one coming in from Mike 1809 my guys. I'm fully coming around to the idea of trade back to pick up a first round pick, especially if there's reason to believe the team will take a big step back. So scenario time, you're on the clock at nine. Mac Jones is on the board and the phone rings and the parlance of Zach it's new Orleans on the other end of the line inquiring about a trade all the way from pick 28 to pick nine, two questions for you guys. One, what could we extract from them in this scenario? A 2022 first plus Jameis.
2: Mm, I mean, they really do like Jameis Winston.
0: But if they're doing this, Mace, don't you think they're getting a quarterback?
2: Uh, you'd think so, but maybe um, you think so. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I got, like three texts come in right there at that moment. So I was a little distracted there, but um.
0: I think you could get more than this. If you're going back 20 spots, essentially, uh, and you know that they're getting a quarterback because they're making that big of a move. I think Jameis is kind of a throw in for them. So, and I think you can get more than just a first round pick.
2: Yeah. The thing is with the saints you, that's a team that even though they are retooling in the wake of Drew Brees moving on, uh, they, they continued to put it on the credit card. Right. And, As a result, it's a team that does believe it can win right now. So uh, the Saints, they believe they're going to be picking in the 20s. Almost certainly. So I'd say, mm, you know what? I want another pick. I Give me a two.
0: Yep, exactly. I would say I want a two and the deal you offered. He goes on and says, where do you expect to see the Saints finish next season? I'd expect a big step back, positioning us well for a first rounder in 2020.
2: I think they'll be somewhere around seven and nine or eight and eight. The thing is, you use their expectations for themselves against them. The New Orleans Saints do not expect to miss the playoffs this year, even though I they will. And if Atlanta gets this draft right and Arthur Smith comes in and does for Matt Ryan what he did for Ryan Tannehill, I think the Falcons are back there pushing for the playoffs once again. And that would mean the Saints are a third place team.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And so there, there you go. That helped you. He says to cap off this scenario, I'm grabbing Najee if he's still there at the end of the first and feeling damn good about life. Yeah. You just, I'm just curious what your quarterback answer is there because again, you can't have bottom five quarterback play and feel damn good about life.
2: Your quarterback answer is probably Jameis Winston, at least for this year. Oh, of course. Yes. In this scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, boy. And... Well, I agree. Mike, nine. would know, be fun. <laughs> Hey, a Jameis Lock competition would be fun to watch if that happened. Uh, yes, you is. know, obviously, we just spent this whole podcast talking about, you know, first Tay Bridgewater, but now Justin Fields and all that. It seems a little bit of a come down to talk about Jameis Winston, but at least Jameis has some upside, and we don't know how good he can be post LASIK, so that's something to think about. Jason Seventeen, the Buccaneers brought back Rob Gronkowski, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Leonard Fournette and do and Chris Godwin for $33.25 million. The Eagles have a dead cap hit of $33.85 million for Carson Wentz. Just remember Broncos country, we are better than the Eagles. Hope everyone <laughs> is staying positive and testing negative. And you forgot on the Eagles, they might have Joe Flacco starting games for them this year. Oh, yikes. <laughs> By the way, yikes. tip of the cap to Joe Flacco. Somebody on Twitter pointed out that Joe tried stopped and tried to help somebody jumpstart their car. He couldn't do it. He couldn't jumpstart the Broncos offense either back in 2019, <laughs> but uh, Joe Flacco being the good Samaritan. It's not that Joe Flacco was a bad guy. Not at all. No. Joe Flacco was just the wrong guy for the Broncos and what they needed at that moment. But uh, I would have more than a passing chuckle. If when the Eagles come in to empower field this fall, Joe Flacco is their quarterback,
0: man. That would be something else. And another hat tip to the Eagles for trading back from six to 12 with the dolphins, because the dolphins aren't going to take a quarterback. And I Mm -hmm. love that uh, the Eagles moved back behind the Broncos because I could have seen the Eagles absolutely taking a quarterback, but not anymore. They're going all in on. Flacco and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> All right, next one coming in from VR though. Would you guys go for a trade down with the Bears with the Broncos? Net this year's first, next year's first, and Nick Foles. I take it, but it's only because I actually want Drew to start all season. Also used to work in operations for a major college football team and NFL team in LA. And I can confirm there were tons of cats that would come in into the stadium when no one was there. Pretty crazy stuff. Go Broncos. Love that insight VR though. So Mace here, would you take that deal from the bears?
2: Yeah, I feel you. I like the draft capital. Um, I like getting a first next year. Uh, you I'm know what? Keep
0: I, Nick Foles. I don't, I don't give me, him. give me,
2: give me a third, give me another draft pick instead of Nick Foles. And then I'll sign Alex Smith. I, uh, yeah, I agree. But it's funny. Um, I got into this Twitter discussion last night regarding Nick Foles and Drew Locke and, uh, someone suggested that. They like Nick Foles in an op- as an option because he was, quote, the better QB for Drew Locke. And I'm like, the only consideration shouldn't be the better QB for should be the better QB right. for Drew Locke should not matter in this equation. No. Nope. And thus that's why Minshew like Minshew is objectively better than Nick Foles right now. Yes, Nick Foles was the starting quarterback for in in the Super Bowl and got Super Bowl MVP. I get that. But Nick Foles, the last two years, has been a lower-tier quarterback when he's played for both the Jaguars and the Bears. And the Jaguars in particular, Gardner Minshew was there. So there you have an apples-to-apples comparison, kind of like on Gabby Insurance, that you've got two quarterbacks in the same scheme with the same supporting cast. And Gardner Mingshu was much better than Nick Foles. Yep. So, and he's younger. Mm-hmm. He's uh, got upside. Nick Foles on the decline. So, I don't see any universe where Nick Foles is a better option than Gardner Mingshu.
0: So, let me po- pose this to you two trades that we've gotten thrown our way trade with the Saints for the 28th overall pick this year and a first round pick next year and Jameis Winston or you trade with the Bears, who have the 20th pick this year, a first round pick next year, and Nick Foles. So essentially, do you want a better pick this year or do you want Jameis Winston
2: over Nick Foles? I want Winston. Yeah, I'll take this, I'll take the Saints deal, <laughs> even though I love the draft capital. Um, but at least Winston is somebody who could pull a Tannehill. Nick sure. Foles is not pulling a Tannehill. Jameis Winston could.
0: Yeah, no. Nick Foles may. If you're in the Super Bowl and need him, maybe he'll uh,
2: he'll revive himself.
0: Yeah. But. Broncos have a long way to go to get to the Super Bowl. Man, I love Mm -hmm. these scenarios being thrown our way. Thanks, guys. Next one coming in from Orange Crushing It. RK is 100% right. The team should draft a lot of guys that would make them better, but if they do, those players are destined to fall victim to the Schirmer effect. Schirmer took over at offensive coordinator and managed to help Drew Locke regress, killed Phil's value, handed the ball to fumble machine Gordon, and ran the most predictable vanilla offense I've seen in modern era football. Kyle Pitts, no Nope, doesn't know how to use him. Trey Lance, nope, Shermer would make him look like Brandon Whedon. Justin Fields, Shermer would have us longing for Tim Tebow. This team is playoff ready. Even with the lock at quarterback, this coach is not a playoff caliber coach. I have no idea what Fangio or Elway saw in him other than this place in the who, you know, club of NFL coaching, but they're wasting another year of this team's potential by letting him run the offense in 2021. See you boys in the top 10 again, next draft season.
2: Ouch. Do you feel like that in some circles, Pat Shermer is a, just being made a scapegoat for the sake of having a scapegoat without a doubt. I mean, I I would say this pack Shermer is not as bad an offensive coordinator as his, as his harshest detractors would believe. But that being said, he he's an average coordinator. We talked, we came into this podcast. We talked about Teddy Bridgewater being an average quarterback. Pat Shermer is an average offensive coordinator.
0: I think that's fair. Uh, I think it's very fair. And, and if you want to put him, you know, bottom, mm-hmm. you know, third and to, to average, sure. I yeah. think that's fair, but um, you know, I also don't think that if, if it was just Pat Shermer that didn't like Phillip Lindsay or that only one in Melvin Gordon, I don't think he'd be getting all of these things. I don't think that Philip Lindsay would just be gone. I think there was more people in the building that felt that way about Phil than just Pat Shermer. Um, Drew Locke regressed. Yeah, he did. And is that all on Pat Shermer? I don't think so. Did Pat Shermer not help with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think Pat helped with that. But uh, I don't think it was all on him
2: at all. I would say this, though. Let's say the Broncos do trade up. I don't expect it, but let's say they do. If they don't expressly design the offense for the strengths of the quarterback that for whom they would trade up to pick, then if Pat Shermer doesn't do that, he should be jettisoned at the first opportunity because you do have Mike Schumer sitting there on the staff who's been a perfectly capable offensive coordinator in this league.
0: And Mace, I don't know if I have a ton of confidence that that would happen. If Justin Fields would require a different offense, I don't know if that would happen. And you're absolutely right. You need to choose the quarterback over the offensive coordinator because Mm -hmm. coaches are hired to be fired. And that is that, that is something that you have to design your offense around your first round quarterback without a doubt.
2: Yeah, that's exactly in college football. The coach is the face of the program. In pro football, it's about the players. That's, that's the big difference. And if you've, got, if you've got a quarterback that you're investing everything in, you owe it to yourself to develop an offense that is, revolves around his skill sets. Yeah, and make it work. Yep,
0: yeah, you're absolutely right, and that Mm -hmm. would be a massive failure that the Broncos can't let happen. And I think if the Broncos thought that about Pat Shermer, that he wouldn't be their offensive coordinator anymore, because they Mm -hmm. they Vic Fangio is a smart guy, but George Payton's a smart guy. They understand that you 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 have to cater it around your
2: quarterback exactly exactly before we go on i want to tell you about our friends over at hassle cattle company which will give you that hassle free meat life that's right we brought you damn good beer and now we deliver to you damn good beef hassle cattle company is the absolute best source for front of table wagyu beef in the country let's tell you a little bit about a bit about hassle's background they're a fourth generation cattle farm out of texas they ship all over the usa and straight to your door and they call their beef the blue collar wagyu why is the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Frank's with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger, One Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. The country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, which gives you that very high prime product grown with zero antibiotics, and hormones so check out hasslecattlecompany.com. that's h-a-s-s-e-l-l cattle company.com and use that magical code dnvr10 for 10% off your order that's dnvr10 for 10% off and if you get that order 200 bucks get free shipping you know what you've got room in your freezer get get $200 worth of beef use that magical code dnvr10 get 10% off you get the free shipping you get the discount and then if you've got a day where you can't figure out what to have and then you look in your freezer and like manna from heaven, you sit there and you see you've got a New York strip. Perfect to put on the grill as we're, we're getting into prime grilling season here in Colorado and throughout this land. So check out HasselCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. DMVR 10 for 10% off your order and $200 on your order and you get free shipping.
0: I gotta tell you about green roads again because. Every single day of the year is CBD season. And of course, we are in CBD season right now. And Green Roads has so many different products that you can take for personal use. They have CBD capsules, which help with sleep. They have Sleepy Z's, which really help with sleep. They have Relax Bears, which are CBD gummies, and they're delicious. They have CBD bath bombs, CBD soft gels, full spectrum oils for all of your needs. Anything you could need. Green Roads has it. And if you use the code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your entire purchase over at Green Roads. And another advantage of CBD is it helps with fitness style and a healthy lifestyle. It helps keep you in peak condition, helps maintain physical and mental well-being, helps maintain normal emotional balance, and it helps support recovery from exercise-induced inflammation. So whatever you need, Green Roads has it. And use that code DNVR20 for
2: 20% off your entire purchase over at Green Roads. Also, want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. I don't know about you guys, but anything I can get delivered to me, I'm all for. And subscribing to Strava means you never have to go to the store to buy coffee again because it'll land on your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. And when you subscribe, you get 20% off that CBD infused coffee. Every time, and there are so many ways to get Strava. You can even get K cups if you just want something that's easy and convenient. You pop the K cup in, and boom, you got your Strava Craft Coffee. And if you're a first-time user, Strava now offers a 25% off code to you, our listeners. So for all you've already used that 20% off code, and you want to start with Strava Craft Coffee again. Use the magical code DNVR25, so it's no longer DNVR20, it's DNVR25, and get 25% off at checkout. And, you know, that's a great way to try Strava Craft Coffee. you haven't had it before, maybe you you haven't had any CBD products before, this is a good first step. And you can find out how CBD can help you out with aches, pains, uh, issues in your joints, IBS, and so much more. If you're in the Denver area, you just want to try a little bit of it, come on over to the DNVR bar and try some of Strava's cold brew. We've got the very finest of Strava's cold brew on tap at the DNVR bar. Swing on in and try it sometime. You won't be disappointed. It's also available at other places in the Denver area Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, Max Market, and so much more. So Strava craft coffee. It's got that CBD infusion can help you with headaches. CBD has helped me with headaches over the years and it might help you as well. So give it a shot. Use that magical code DMVR25 for 25% off. And if you like what you've experienced and you want Strava to come to you regularly, sign up for a Strava craft coffee subscription and get 20% off every product and get it delivered to you on a schedule every couple of weeks, every eight weeks, every six weeks, Whatever you prefer, check out Strava Craft Coffee.
0: We weren't kidding when we told you we're all about the CBD. We got it in every single form possible. Next comment coming in from Manning's forehead. Fellas, fellas, fellas. I just got accepted into the Los Angeles Bureau of Cronkite News as a digital sports reporter for the fall 2021 semester. I'll be living in LA for four months and we'll be getting stories published into the Cronkite News website and also the LA Times. Couldn't have done it without my Mm. idol, Mace. Love you, man. Go DNVR. Go Mace. Ice and go Iceman congratulations
2: oh, we are so proud of you Absolutely. congratulations for making that and you get the uh, the the LA experience and uh man I'll be I will be looking for you on the LA times man I can't I can't wait to see your byline there that is yes. man uh, that's awesome I mean I, believe me the the thrill of getting your byline in a major newspaper i mean i still remember uh when i opened up the saint petersburg times uh and saw my name in there and i was like wow man big time that's one of the that that for years been one of the great newspapers in the country so uh yeah congratulations and uh, uh we'll be reading and following you and uh thanks for listening and uh uh, best of luck. We know you're going to kill it out there in Los Angeles.
0: Yes, we do. That is so freaking cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. Awesome, Manning's forehead. Next one coming in. Oh, holy cow. It's a long one from the Big T. He says, Ah, so my takes were too spicy for RK. Oh, okay. I'll do a comment each day this week on why I don't see those quarterbacks or NFL caliber. Let's start with Trey Lance. So, yesterday, Mace, the Big T. Doesn't, uh, was very harsh on the the quarterbacks, not named Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. So now he's given us a big breakdown. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Trey Lance. Okay. So major caveat here. I'm only going on the highlights of these guys as we don't get many NDSU games here in the UK. Yeah. That's my first thing. The competition he's played against substandard at best that alone puts me off. But when the highlights give me are very little to be excited about, do I watch the bad stuff too? I saw a lot of cool scrambles for touchdowns, but they were either they would either be sacks in the NFL or simply result in Lance getting a broken rib. He may be a couple of nice long throws to wide open receivers, you know, the ones where no pressure and you expect a quarterback to make. Those are all in the highlights. I found 3 throws that I thought were NFL caliber, which honestly is to me is being very kind. I never once saw him read a defense or make an adjustment or make any throw that impressed me. And these are highlights. Dang. We're coming off a weird year with not as much tape as possible. And people honestly think Trey Lance is now an NFL quarterback. Wow. I'm stunned. He's a project at best. Someone could get, could get fun with Taysom Hill 2.0, but it should not be us. He's just the sort of player I th- I should love, given my username. But Tebow had a much more impressive tape and resume, and so does Locke. Locke does... Uh, Locke does by a distance, in fact. People want to give up on him for Trey Lance? Wow, just wow. I give Lance about a 15% chance to become an NFL starting caliber quarterback. And honestly, that's me being really kind. We'll post my Mac Jones and Zach Wilson reviews later this week. Not quite as harsh, promise. It's Fields or Locke or no one else for me. Peace out, all, and love to all the big Tabowski. So that's my bad. He said Fields or Trevor Lawrence are his two that he likes. He doesn't like the rest.
2: Yeah. Now, the thing is, you have to view Trey Lance through the prism of he had basically one college season. I mean, Drew Locke in his first college season threw four touchdowns, eight picks. Mm. For Mizzou and, uh, and so and
0: Trey did yeah. 28 touchdowns and zero picks.
2: Now, that being said, one was in the SEC. One uh, was in FCS.
0: Yep. Very true.
2: NDSUs in the, uh, the the Missouri Valley, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Trey Lance is very much a projection based on traits, also based on intelligence. I mean, there's uh, you, you hear some amazing comparisons as far as like what kind of football mind the, that he has to some to, to some of the to maybe not Peyton Manning or on that level, but to someone who uh, can easily ingest information, process it, and then uh, apply it to his game. So Lance is tantalizing in his skills, but he also only has the one year as a starter and the track record of one year starters, isn't good uh, historically in the NFL. And so that's one thing that uh, uh, you should be cautious about. Uh, And the other thing is the fact that he only has that one year and it was at a low level, you accept that Trey Lance isn't going to be ready. This is, it's very much a, the kind of pick that we would see in the NBA when you had a lot of guys coming straight out of high school. You're looking at the traits and saying, oh, well, we expect it. if we work with these, this guy can be something terrific. And hey, sometimes you got Kevin Garnett, sometimes you got Quayne Brown. Okay, it's a, it's a huge hit or miss uh, on that. If the 49ers drafted Trey Lance, I would bet on them to develop him well. Some other teams, some other coaches, some other schemes, not so much. And so environment's going to matter a lot, a lot for Trey Lance. But Trey Lance, if he plays this year, I think it's malpractice. He's somebody who probably needs this year to watch and learn. If he plays in 2021, it shouldn't be until his team is eliminated last couple of games of the season kind of very similar to what the then Houston Oilers did with another FCS quarterback who made that jump and that was Steve McNair then it was known as Division 1 AA going from Alcorn State to the NFL in fact the Oilers did it for two seasons with McNair playing him at the end of the 20 of the 95 season the end of the 96 season before he they deemed him ready to go out there and play in 1997 and he was terrific. So if you're patient with Trey Lance, I think he can work out. But you've got to be patient. And this is not a patient time in football. Justin Fields, you'd expect to be more ready right away.
0: Yeah, and that's why the San Francisco 49ers would keep Jimmy Garoppolo to, to pair him yeah. with Trey Lance if that's their pick. Uh, mm-hmm. And the big T, I see what you're saying, but to me, None of those are knocks on Trey Lance. They're just showing how big of a gamble you're taking on him, which I agree. I think he's the biggest gamble of the top five guys without a doubt because there's not a lot of tape on him. Uh, he hasn't played really more than one game of football in over a full year, which you can't say about the other quarterbacks. Uh, and he's coming from low-level competition. So is he more of a gamble? Absolutely. And I think you certainly proved that, but that's not a reason to just cross him off your board, I don't think. It just takes... And what it does is it takes more work into him. So you better have a good scouting
2: staff that you trust. Exactly. You got you got to trust them to do very well and uh, trust the coaches to, to bring him up. Now on to maybe the Dango Gale, baby, very sad. Donald is off the table. I believe he would have been a great addition of the weapons around him in Denver, but on the bright side, he's going to look like Jimmy Clausen in a Panthers uniform. That's the bright side. <laughs> now what we're either drafting Waiting on Watson's name to be cleared or riding with lock Ew, fun. I can hardly contain myself. How about Kyle trash to the Broncos in round two? No, oh.
0: please. Oh, no. no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man,
0: maybe the dingo at your baby. How are you saying you're not excited about drafting a quarterback in the first round, but you're excited about Kyle trash to the Broncos.
2: He doesn't have the arm talent that you want he doesn't have particularly good feel in the pocket and he can't escape um he's like uh he's a lesser mac jones for me
0: yeah i think with without the uh the football iq which is uh, yeah the, the the biggest plus to mac jones so To me, no thank you. The Broncos have already invested in a day two quarterback uh, and and are on the verge of either totally replacing him or finding significant competition. Now, does that mean Mm -hmm. that you'll never draft a day two quarterback? No, I don't think that's the case. But for right now, the Broncos need a big investment at quarterback. They need to get someone that they absolutely love. They have not done that since Peyton Manning.
2: And here's another thing to consider. We talk about day two, round two quarterbacks you could say that the most successful guys who would be round two quarterbacks uh, would were Russell Wilson and Drew Brees in the past couple of decades. Right. Yep. Why now Drew Brees went 32nd overall. It was a 31 team league at the time. So he was second rounder, but he was a first round. He'd be a first rounder today in terms of picks, but why did those guys drop? They dropped because of. concern Sorry. for Drew, size. Drew Brees. Not the strongest arm and not a big guy. Russell Wilson, sub six foot. Would those guys drop today? No. No, no, they wouldn't because we've, we've, we've changed how we evaluate quarterbacks. We're looking for different things now. I I would say, even though it's still hit or miss, we're smarter now about quarterback attributes for what the game is today than we were in the past. So. Day two guys, they're lottery tickets and the, the odds of finding a viable long-term quarterback drop precipitously once you get out of the top 15, once you get out of more, once you get out of the first round and on and on. So I'm not, I'd rather, frankly, I'd rather get my quarterback in round one. If I had, I still have my second round pick after making a trade up. If that's what it takes, you know what I'd rather I'd rather get Richie Grant, someone that I know can start for me at safety, especially after Kareem Jackson's contract expires.
0: Right. Yeah. And uh, it's a, it's a good argument there. Next one coming in from LDJ guys, finally team trade down. Yay. This is what's best for the Broncos. Of course, I'm just team Justin Fields over Trey Lance all day, but either guy is concerning because Ryan is right. Shermer is married to the system over being married to his talent. I remember this awesome interview, Michael Vick, Deshaun Jackson, Lashawn McCoy did about their Eagles era and how it ended with chip Kelly. And I remember Vic and Deshaun Jackson collectively saying the problem with Chip Kelly, is that he thinks this scheme makes the players but the players make the scheme, and he's so married to the scheme. Sounds pretty similar to a guy that was Chips OC. Shake my head, crying face. Again, Shermer concerns me. Will he adapt to what to what Drew does best? Will he take advantage of the best personnel? Bleacher Report put out an article naming teams breakout players. Albert O was on there for the Broncos, but they specifically said 12 personnel, something we at Broncos Country are 4 and 2. Shermer concerns me a great deal, and to not have any flexibility with him or backup plan is frustrating. Shake my head. Well, I think Mace is pointing to it a couple of times today. Uh, there is a backup plan to Schirmer, and that is Mike Shula, who could design a pretty good offense
2: for Justin Fields. Yeah, and uh, if they bring in Justin Fields and they get a, they, they get, they have the impression that it's not working out. I don't think they would hesitate to go in uh, in a different direction. Now that being said, uh, you know Pat Shermer is somebody uh, who's. Who's got a pretty prominent uh, voice in in the building in in the building right now? But um, if you bring in a quarterback at the top of the draft, that's the dynamic that that changes. I do not. I do not get the resistance to twelve personnel though. I really. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, and I mean the the uh, three wide receiver sets was killer for the Broncos Mm -hmm. throughout the past many years, including last year.
2: Yeah. Uh, if Albert O blossoms, I mean, that's a it, it's mismatches waiting to happen.
0: Yeah. Why wouldn't yeah. you
2: want that? Gosh. <laughs> Maybe it won't happen. Maybe he won't change. Oh, gosh. You know what? As uh, Billy Bean said in Moneyball, adapt or die.
0: Yep. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about that. And that's certainly yep. true with today's NFL.
2: Yep. Orange Crush. Hey, guys, my quarterback rankings. Number one. Trevor Lawrence. Number two, Justin Fields. Number three, Zach Wilson. Number four, Mac Jones. Number five, Trey Lance. I hope the Broncos are in love with Fields. I can see a similar ceiling to Deshaun Watson. Fields has always been unfairly scrutinized. He puts up insane numbers and should undoubtedly be the number two quarterback taken. Overall, I would back Fields to have a better career than Lawrence. Lance is last simply because of the town he's played against and the fact that he's only had one full season of college football. How good would a quarterback competition be between Locke and Fields? That'd be fun. That would be a blast to watch.
0: I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't think there'd be a competition. I I mean, if Drew's even on the roster and and I'll say for this sake that he is on the roster, I think Justin Fields is, uh, is taking this one easy and it, probably and shouldn't be a fair competition because Justin Fields would be a guy here trading up to four, four. There's no competition here. It's Justin's job. Uh, unless what they do Mace is bring in Teddy Bridgewater or Alex Smith or someone like that trade drew lock for, third round pick, maybe even fourth or fifth round pick. And then there's a competition between Justin Fields and Teddy Bridgewater, Alex Smith. What w- would it be fun? Because Drew would bring so much excitement and, and you know, a, a lot of uh, hype with it. Yes, but I don't think it'd be a competition at the
2: end of the day. Maybe not, but maybe pressure would make a diamond. Uh, you go back to 04 and the chargers drafting Philip rivers. And that brought out the best in a fourth year quarterback named drew Brees. Yeah, it can. I'm just saying, is it, does it, does that definitely happen? No, but it can. Right. It can. Briggsy would like to preface this with, I'm not calling for anyone's job. And I think Vick has had some terrible injury luck with defenses. That being said, do you all think that Peyton has in the back of his mind Joe Brady and Brian Dayball and more sitting as O.C.'s ready to take over head coaching position? And does that sway anything in this year's draft, i.e. a QB, or even holding on a QB for an offensive head coach to pick their own QB? Or do you think that he's too caught up in the moment to have a plan that far ahead? I will say this. Pretty much every GM, every athlete, every major athletic director always has a list in mind of three to four people mm-hmm. for head coaching jobs. If there's a change, they've all always got that in mind. And remember- now maybe you're not playing Yeah, You're not planning on it, but you know, okay, if things go South and I have to make a change, these are the people that I'm zeroed in on. And I'm sure George Hayden keeps that to himself and just keeps it in his head. Yeah. But there isn't a, 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 there isn't a GM in football that doesn't have, a list of three or four guys or guys as potential head coaches that they keep with themselves
0: and Mace, remember also that George Payton has never hired a head coach himself he didn't get mm-hmm. to hire Vic Fangio so you bet he has that list now is he making calls on them right now no he's not doing that he's given Vic this year to see what Vic can do but yes he does have guys and what I'll say is it could be the Joe Brady's, the the Brian Dables of the world who are, you know, the up and coming guys. It could also be guys that he's had relationships with for 10 to 20 years. Um, and I would not be surprised if it's more of a veteran route than a young guy. But uh, uh, I certainly think that they would interview a mix of both if they do move on from Vic
2: after this year. Yeah, absolutely. True champ fan 24. My peoples. Did I say that right? I think you got it. All right. Thank you, Zach. Rough loss last night for us here in the inland Northwest. Hats off to Baylor. On to football. I keep hearing a lot of people say corners off the board at nine and in the first entirely. While I get we may have a more pressing need at quarterback, I fail to see why corner is a bad pick. Both Callahan and Fuller could be gone next season having a top 10 player this season learn and adapt to the scheme to ultimately replace one of them next season makes plenty of sense to me. What happens if Callahan plays six games this year and Fuller commands 15 mil a season next spring? Are you really locked in on OJ and Darby uh, being your two primary guys after watching our secondary fall apart the last several years like a cheap lawyer's defense case? Love y'all. (laughs)
0: Well, Mace, we talked about this last week and I still like the conclusion we came to a corner at nine just really doesn't make sense. However, if you want to trade back and pick up a lot of capital and get the second or third best corner, you're not going to get your pick of the corners, but you get a top three corner by trading back. Then I, I, I can see that because then you just turn that into very, very valuable pick by also getting something else in return. But you're not going to draft a top 10 player and have them sit. I understand that Bryce Callahan uh, and uh, Ronald Darby odds are neither of them are going to play a full season, but Mace, Mm -hmm. what if they each only miss, you know, two games, are you going to have a top 10 pick only play four games or only start four games for you? That just doesn't make sense. And also the strength at safety, you're not going to be taking one of your safeties off the field to get this corner on. To me, it would just be a weird situation. And Are you going to bench Ronald Darby? Well, he's your guy that's with you for three years, $30 million. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense to me.
2: Well, and right now, as you're looking at it, you're saying, okay, we're going to use a top 10 pick on a non QB who isn't going to play much as a rookie. That's a waste of a year of cost control. What a premium position. Yeah. If you're a top 10 pick, that guy needs to be able to step in and play right now unless it's a Trey Lance that you're uh, developing for the long haul at, at the quarterback position. Other than that, a top 10 guy needs to somebody be somebody who steps right into the starting lineup, no question.
0: Yep, I I totally agree there. Next one from Sebastian Arebay. My boys, hope you're doing great. Wow, what an incredibly surprising title game last night. I was a little disappointed because I chose Gonzaga to win the National Championship in the preseason. Oh man. Also, I had them in my bracket, but this isn't the Buffs podcast Off oh, what, I mean, yeah, it was a surprising game. That's for sure. He says, so I'm sure we've already talked about Darnold to the Panthers. Also, I'm really excited because the Falcons are opening to trading their four spot and multiple teams called about it. I have a strong suspicion that team is the Broncos, especially the fact that comes out the day after we miss out on another quarterback. So pretty exciting day. No question for me today. Just have a great Tuesday. Much love, Sebastian.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's face it, if the Broncos do make that trade, it, they can't wait for the draft, right? No. They have to, they have to do it ASAP.
0: Soon. There's no reason to, to mold this over. You do it right now because the precedent's already been set thanks to the uh, San
2: Francisco 49ers. And really, even though it didn't work out, it was the New York Jets that started this back in 2018 when the Broncos were keen on Sam Darnold and the Jets jumped him.
0: Yep, exactly. You're absolutely right. And Mace, last one coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, Mace, who played Sideshow side Bob's brother and why was he cast to play him?
2: It was uh, David Hyde Pierce. And of course, the significance was that uh, he was, you know, side show Bob's brother, Cecil, who actually tried out as Show Cecil. And of course, uh, Kelsey Grammer played side Show Bob. And uh, he was, of course, the star of Frasier and David Hyde Pierce played Niles, his brother on Frasier. So it was kind of a it was a it was a nod to uh, Frasier having him on there. And uh, there's a moment actually in um, in that episode that I always, that I laughed at. That was kind of a crossover where uh, uh, Bart is ambushes, uh, uh, Sy- ambushes Cecil and says, guess who? And Cecil says Maris. Well, Maris is the name of Niles cranes never seen wife on Fraser. <laughs> so. oh,
0: oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, that was quite an explanation. Oh. Well, Dude. I love
2: both shows. It's right it, it's right it, right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> that, that uh, is that's
0: amazing. He goes on and says, finally, we come to the NFC South. Let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. The immediate answer is Super Bowl 33. It was Elway's last ride as a player. The team absolutely dominated the Falcons. What I didn't know was that Elway had never lost to the Atlanta Falcons as a player, but has never beaten them while in the front office. That's interesting. So Mm -hmm. what other games stick out for both Denver
2: and Tampa Bay? Well, let's, let's talk about the, the Broncos first. And you know, what's interesting is that the Broncos, they have the lead in the series, but what is interesting is it just, it seems like uh, at least in the, in the 21st century, it's been a lot of frustration. The last five games, those teams have played the Falcons have won four. They've got the run of things right now in this series. So other than the Super Bowl, on the Broncos side, on the positive side, uh, probably the one that you look and say, oh, that was that was the best one, at least in terms of just going down to the wire. Uh, 1979, they play in September of that year. Jim Turner with a game winning field goal uh, in overtime to lead the Broncos over the Falcons 20 17, uh, down at Fulton County Stadium. And then also in terms of storylines, another memorable game was back in 1997 when the Broncos went against Reeves. Uh, for the first time since he had left the, left the Broncos, Denver won that one 29-21 at the Georgia Dome. And then the little notable thing was back in 08 when it was Spencer Larson who started on both offense and defense for the Broncos in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome. The Broncos went on to, to win that game. Falcons-Bucks, mm. I'm going all I'm going all the way back to 1987. And it wasn't an exciting game. But the first regular season Bucks game I ever saw was against the Atlanta Falcons. And the Bucs set what was then a franchise record scoring 48 points. They've since surpassed it to beat the Falcons 48-10. Now, the, bear in mind the Bucks had gone two and fourteen the previous two in each of the previous two seasons. Uh-huh. So to play like that, Steve Deberg had the game of his life. The Bucks led twenty seven three at halftime. They cruised from there. I mean, it was amazing. At that moment, I thought, man, this team has gone from two and fourteen to the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. they got blown out by the bears the next week and they went four and 11 that year but that's one that uh, personally uh, always jumps out another game that was significant was uh, 1981 december falcons and the bucks are both battling for playoff spots bucks eke out a 24 23 win when mick luckhurst misses a potential game winning field goal in the final moments the bucks end up going to the playoffs at nine and seven winning the division the falcons uh I believe lost the next two games, finished seven and nine after that, that was the game that basically determined the team's pass for the 1981 season. So there you go.
0: Well, I'm certainly not going to argue with uh, anything bucks you say, and <laughs> I'm just not even going to try to build another case outside of Super Bowl 33 for the Broncos, because that is yeah. certainly the best game against the Falcons. And man, Mace, this has been an absolute mm. blast. Before we go, I got to tell you about Green Mountain Dental, because we've had several listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and take our advice that they are a great family owned dentistry. And they have done that and came back and let us know just how good of care the people over at Green Mountain Dental take care of them. And so make sure to schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's all you have to do, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Not just that, you'll receive great personal family type care over at Green Mountain Dental and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. So you can talk about DNVR, you can talk about anything going on in Colorado sports. You can find out whether you think they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round, trade back, whatnot. Not when you're getting your teeth cleaned over at Green Mountain Dental. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver, so we'd really appreciate if you gave them a check. And make sure to schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you so much for rolling with us. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Really enjoyed this, and let's like Pleasure Horse take us out on the goodbye.